Hi, and welcome to the first official episode of FYI, I Am Damaged. I'm here with Anna Maleris, a licensed clinical social worker. And let's get this going. Hey. Hi. <laughs> How's it going? Thank you again for basically being the guinea pig of the first official interview for the podcast. Can you please... Um, introduce yourself. What do you do and who you are and give everybody a, a, a very, say hello. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I'm, I'm so excited that you're starting this. I think it's just a, such a beautiful thing. And as far as like creating community and getting into mental health issues, and we'll talk more about that. But uh, to introduce myself, my name is Ana Miledis. I am a licensed clinical social worker. I've been working in the field for over 15 years. Um, very passionate about this work. Um, I like to hear folks' story. I come, I'm also a person that has gone through a lot and healed, and now it's, you know, I'm helping people in their healing journey. Um, so as currently, I work as a therapist. Um, uh, I've been doing that work for about four years. Uh, but before that, I've I've done like community organizing and other social work and clinical work. Well, that, that's great. Mm -hmm. And you've you know and um, what's the word they say the to put everything on the table like um, full disclosure, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Anna for short uh, is mm -hmm. my sister in law, and she, we've known each other for over ten years, and you know. And she's very much involved in um, helping me with the podcast, and I'm great. And we've, you know, we did our pre-interview, and you know, if you haven't listened to the intro, I'm basically I want to explore the various strengths of people who, after they've gone through their trauma on whatever level it may be, people knowingly and unknowingly develop their strengths from it. Um, this is something we've discussed in our pre-interview and it gives them power. It gets them moving. And with that intro interview, it was, you know, it was emotional for me going forward. And even though I did it on the fly and, you know, this is all raw and, you know, it'll get a little bit polished down the road, but that's how life is. And I want to delve into the mental strength of a person, you know, and their experiences. And it's not about, you know, reliving, revisiting, or exploring the trauma. There's enough of those out there about what people go through. What I'm focusing on is, you know, the good aftermath of those that develop their strengths from it. And, you know, the strengths that are born from these, you know, traumatic ripples that just make us stronger in life and make us put one foot in front of the other because we're not going to give up. And, you know, we've discussed, you know, many points coming through here and all the stuff you've experienced. And I mean, in the stuff that you've dealt with, you know, what's a couple of things that stick out from people who you're um, working through everything they've been through mm -hmm. the strength part of it. Mm -hmm. Like, how how is it seeing them progress and get a little stronger and stronger as they 
deal with exposing their, well, not exposing, but getting mm-hmm. their issues across to you. Right. And, you know, coming to you being big enough, because that's a, the thing in our community, mm-hmm. is that it takes a while to get that stigma off. Like, if you see a therapist that there's something wrong with you, and that's completely not the case. Right. Right. I think actually, I, I honestly am a believer that everyone should be in therapy because we all go through things that may be difficult. And sometimes it's good to have somebody that can listen and process and talking things out loud. Mm-hmm. You yourself can figure out what's best for you. So I think what's interesting about all this healing journey is that's also very individual to the person. Um, it's very interesting because I, when I, we were talking about the podcast, I thought it would be like an amazing idea because I get to listen to people on the daily and I see how much one person experience kind of relates to what another person is going through. And sometimes we think that we're very much isolated in our pain and in our journey to heal. Um, and a lot of, a lot of other folks are having similar journeys. Um, and, and I feel sometimes if folks would listen to that, they would feel less isolated. They would feel like, wow, I can really do this. Uh, maybe I do have the strength. Maybe I need to try this approach. Um, sometimes a person would need an individual approach and, and you, that comes out also in therapy. Um, so I think it's a, it's a very important thing. Um, you know, full disclosure, all therapists are usually see their own therapy their own therapist because mm. sometimes we develop also secondary trauma. Right. Uh, but, you know, when I went through that journey and I'm still going through that journey, it's just been very eye-opening, awakening. Every year I learn a little thing, a little new thing about myself that I need to change, that I can alter, um, that can improve my lifestyle, and, and it has. Now, with you bringing that point up about a therapist seeing a therapist and those that have touched on seeing therapists kind of know that if they dive into what the process is and if people don't, then now they do. (laughs) But um, is there a time where you basically have to check in Mm -hmm. when you see another therapist or, which is kind of curious to me, or you feel like, the cup is about to be, is about to be, is about to, the, the cup is running over, mm-hmm. almost there. Right. And you need to see that therapist. Mm-hmm. I mean, how does that work? Yeah. So I've been in both situations where I've, uh, when I was going through a lot, I felt like I needed that extra support um, and, and, and just went and saw a therapist in that way. Um, this was before I was working full-time as a therapist. As a full-time therapist, um, we, we are almost like mandated to have clinical supervision because mm-hmm. we are going to constantly be affected by some of the stories that we hear. So before it gets to that point, we're constantly doing the work, uh, which it was just a, also very much effective. I mean, I think whatever it takes people to go to therapy, maybe it's like mm-hmm. it's the breaking point or you just want to continue the, the process. It's right. good. I think it always helps um, to have someone there to really like process things with, mm-hmm. um, draw some patterns that you may be having. Um, and, you know, the stigma comes from culture. I, at least for us, mm-hmm. it's very cultural. It's like you don't want to be seen like a crazy person, quote unquote. Right, right. Uh, but us therapists, we have a running joke that we always feel that the people that show up to therapy are the people who are not that, who have some form of insight, <laughs> right? And usually the person that has a lot of issues, right. like 10 people come to therapy because they're dealing with that person who refuses yeah. to go to therapy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and so... Um, so it's very interesting. And then like having to work around this person who's unwilling to see. So it's actually the total opposite. Usually people that come to therapy are people who are insightful, mm-hmm. who are ready to do the work, 
who realize that, you know, the way see some patterns and things that they want to change uh, and, and just need a little bit of a professional help to, to do that. Oh, that's great. Mm-hmm. And we, you were insanely supportive. Uh, everybody's been that I've touched on to give me their opinion um, on me starting this because it's, it's for people who are doing this in the beginning. And if you know, you can do it, you know, as long as you hit it with a rational mind and you put your, you know, your, both three feet forward, if you got it. Um, it, it's a little nerve wracking and you always, you, everybody wants to be when they're starting something to be unique. They don't want to just be, you know, a copy of something. And, you know, what I wanted to ask is when I first approached you and you heard my intro what were your first impressions? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it was amazing. <laughs> I mean, I know a little bit about your story. So I think that it's also good to to use, you know, we call this sublimation as a coping mechanism where we use our trauma and we really um, create something beautiful out of it. And I think that that's what you're doing and you're highlighting folk story. I know some people are going to be like professionals and others are going to be like, you know, just everyone, right? Family members, everyone, because everyone has a story. Everyone should have that space to um, process um, and to tell their story. I think there's healing in telling a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I, I thought it was just like such an amazing idea that you would create this platform for folks, um, you know, to, to, to really express and, and, and talk about their traumas, but also mainly talk about their strengths and what helped them. Um, and then other people can use that or get mm-hmm. ideas uh, so it's a way of like healing, like you're creating a healing community, you know, you're doing therapist work yeah. uh, and it's, it's just amazing. And it, who else but to do it with someone that has, you know, experienced some things, learned some things, been in treatment, like, um, you know, you're about the work. And mm-hmm. I love that. I Thank love you. That. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, yeah, it's one of those things where like it occurred to me when I was doing the intro that, you know, it's it's not one size fits all. Everybody thinks it is everybody who comes with an idea thinks that it'll not save the world, but help the world. And, you know, and I'm not going to be disappointed if it just helps a handful of people. Like that's not my goal. It's just, if I put it out on the table and like I said, just a helpful buffet of stuff, you know, you guys, I'm not, I'm the table. You guys are the cooks mm-hmm. and you, what you bring to the table and whatever anybody can serve for themselves and it'll help them. It'll nourish them. It'll make them stronger. You know, that's basically the goal. I ran through this through my head in all sorts of different ways. And you know, it's, it's, I came to the point and yeah, we discussed like, this is a passion project now. It's, you know, something, but it's insanely nerve wracking. And if you got a good idea, you got the right people backing you and um, all that other stuff. What I tell people is, you know, if you have something and you think it's good, try it. And if it's golden, you're good. But um, moving forward, it's the the drawbacks. Mm-hmm. Like if you've seen, per- uh, seen a person through your experiences and through your practice, um, you've helped them move forward. Mm-hmm. And then you see a drawback. What is, what 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 do you what do you experience without? Of course, you have your 
oath as a social worker, if there is an mm-hmm. oath or just something that you have to, you know, without mm-hmm. going into super, super specifics, just the, the situations, like you see somebody making progress and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, three steps forward, five steps back and you're like, wow, what the hell happened? Right. So that is very common. And I always tell that to my clients, like we have developed things that uh, we have years, right, of learning one way of being that we now know notice doesn't work for us is not going to be from one day to another that we're going to change. So that is part of the journey where you're making progress. And then sometimes you stumble against a wall and then you'll make progress again. And sometimes it's about thinking back about the times where you were struggling and what helped you to get through. Or even realizing that you got through that to make you a little bit more hopeful where like I'm having a difficult time, but maybe I'm also in the brink of a breakthrough. Because sometimes those are the moments that really create a breakthrough, that really push us to learn new ways of coping and, and new things of doing. I mean, throughout my life, I've had to do that myself. So I understand the process within itself. You know, it's an individual process, but it's really not that individual. You know, it's there's commonalities. And like sometimes the, the things that we struggle for are the things that also then helped us create a strength. Right. That we've carried now even years later. And then there's like another more obstacle. And then you learn, you level up each time. And we'll definitely touch on certain experiences that you may have dealt with. And, you know, we I want to get, you know, I figure this as a diamond. You know, mm-hmm. we're going to get all facets, you know, whether it's clean, dirty, shiny, dull, whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, and if you're willing to share, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do you feel... In a sense, you're a de facto person that um, people go to as friend wise. Mm-hmm. You know, have you been able to help your friends go through their issues or at least they say, hey, let me just bounce something off of you as like an indirect way of like, you know, mm-hmm. look, I'm going through something. Right. And, you know, you're a friend mm-hmm. and it's more of a confidence, but also seeking something with a slice of professionalism. In it. Right. It's funny you ask that because I'm actually journeying through that right now. Mm -hmm. I've helped a lot of my, so my, a lot of, I am that person that a lot of friends come to for advice. As they should. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) I mean, to hear what I have, you know, what I think. Um, And before I was in a fashion of doing that, of like giving advice and like trying to help the person through. Uh, And now I'm realizing that, you know, I need to look at people more with the, therapist eyes I do sometimes for a lot of my clients where it's like I don't need to make the decision for you I need to realize that you're an empowered person that can make decisions on your own and just let you also just talk it through yourself to help you with the indecision instead of becoming this person that you depend on for advice and to work things out because as long as you're doing what Anna said that I should be doing you never really listening to what really works for you you know I can hear your story but I don't walk your story every day you do Um, so I do think that there is empower like a disempowerment that was happening when I was giving people like advice or like um just seeing them through or, or, or be very direct with how I feel. Right. Like I think this is was wrong and and you know it's still loaded with my own judgment, mm-hmm. right? Um and I'm not giving the person really the space to to really work it out. So sometimes now I do that with friends where I'm just like a listening ear. Uh, you know I'm I'm seeing them figure it out. I ask the little probing questions mm-hmm. without offering my opinion or judgment. Um, and, and that's something I'm doing because I'm doing my own ego work. Right. Uh, so, so it helps me. And I feel like it has helped me in so many of my relationships mm-hmm. since doing that. That's great. And um, I'm sure you've encountered the, 
just tell me what works, like tell me what to do. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's then people slowly come to the realization, like shit. Um, why would I ask them to tell me what to do when I finally realize something mm-hmm. and then it's just like a lock unlocking. And then it's like, well, uh, let me work on this. Let me do that. Like, right. does that, come through a lot when mm-hmm. people who don't have that either they don't they've never seen a therapist they've never sought out help or they just don't get it that it's not about telling me how don't don't tell me how to heal right right exactly i mean i think um yeah it was just why i love the podcast like we're really honing in on people's strengths and um yeah we're holding in on people's strengths so it's like a really strength-based way of looking at it mm. like i don't uh i'm not special Y'all, like, I'm not really, I'm not special. I'm a person like you that had to figure it out. Oh, so and you I think, think, so you think. No, no. And I think, <laughs> I think that, um, that everyone has that. Everyone has the ability to be their own in a therapist. I mean, ideally, we want to be in a position where there's no therapist needed, mm-hmm. where a person can really just like hone into themselves about what is the best way to move. Right. Um, so, so yeah, so I had to do that journey on my own. So I respect people going through that journey too. Cause what worked for me might not work for someone else. It right. might, but it might not. And so I want to, again, uh, I, I don't even empower people, right? Cause I don't have that kind of power, but I just want folks to feel like they can, you know, they, they can really figure it out for themselves. Uh, 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 but I, I'd, I'd tell you this though, and you, you have it, but you know, a, a kind and, a kind person with insightful words is very powerful. Yeah. You know, so I hope you realize that because you, you have that. I've seen that in you and you've developed that. Mm -hmm. Um, And you always want to get to, especially when there's a a mental health issue, you always want to get to the meat of it. Right. You know, so you're very eager to help and, you know, you've done that before and I, you know, I commend you on that. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And as a, you know, licensed clinical social worker, if somebody's, you know, seeking, seeking peace of mind, Mm -hmm. um, but not necessarily want to go through a full session, what would you like tell a person? Is, Mm -hmm. Is there something that you, is your goal to, to say, Hey, you know, you're going through this, then, you know, Mm -hmm. do this, or I I feel this and see if it, if it vibes with you, Mm -hmm. you know, if, you know, if it's, on your level, you agree with it and then explore it. Is there, is there anything you basically sort of like mm-hmm. the, the, the quick and not quick, the, the, yeah. the quick and clean, right, the, Hey, right. let, try this and see what's up. And if right. you know, you want to talk then if not, then, you know, good luck on exploring and, you know, um, helping yourself. Right. Right. So yeah, there are a few things. There's a few things I've learned throughout my career that helps and what's good about me is I'm a person that's a doer. I'm not going to recommend something to someone that I'm not going to try myself. Mm-hmm. So these are things that uh, therapists do and suggest. And people who are in therapy probably already heard, have heard the therapist suggest these things. Uh, but to me, I mean, it really has worked for my clients and it really has worked for me. One of the things that I do um, often is meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, just in, in, especially if you're dealing with anxiety taking the time and a moment to just breathe and focus on your breath and you're disrupting all these like thoughts, these problematic thoughts that are causing you to feel that anxiety for like a brief second can automatically make you feel good mm-hmm. uh, and stop a panic. Um, so med- and, and meditation just gives you also this like 
form of peace and intuition. At first, y'all, I'm going to be real. It's hard. You're thinking about 20 million things. Am I doing this thing right? Really just trust the process. Before you know it, a week in, you're like, oh, okay, I feel a little different. So meditation is one of them. Journaling is very, very important. You know, you come, a lot of, a lot of my clients come to me and speak to me and hear their voices uh, talk. And then they try to figure things out just by virtue of that. Right. Uh, but you only do that like once a week or biweekly. Right. Mm-hmm. So like journaling is another form, right. Mm-hmm. To do free form, you know, no obligation, no one's grading you, no one's telling you what to write. Just anything that's coming to your head that you're analyzing, write it down. You'll see that the thoughts will flow uh, and then you'll also make connections into your pattern. So this is a way that you can become your own little therapy. I definitely, yeah, I definitely recommend the writing down that. That helps me a lot. If you're a good typer, it's people think physically writing it down with a pen is more and look, I'm all for the organic, but I type 70 words a minute. (laughs) I think really fast. I think in a compound way and you know, luckily with learning how to type and I'm telling you people learn to type. It is a blessing in disguise, especially if you're a person filled to the brim with thoughts, ideas and everything, you get things out so much faster, but yeah, I do that. I mean, you've seen some of the stuff that I've written to my wife Mm -hmm. and all that other stuff, or just written to you Mm -hmm. and how concise it is how clean it is and everything and that backspace works amazingly (laughs) and i'm a crappy speller you know that too so Mm -hmm. it it does help and um yeah so and no no pressure right like they close right right you can free write and write really you just want to get the the um the emotions on the page and you said meditation what is there something specific with the meditation is there a Mm -hmm. certain type of meditation is there what's what do you suggest? Because if somebody types in, they hear this, they say, you know what? I'm going to give meditation a shot. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. what do you recommend so that they have at least a point of origin to start? Right. So, um, so there's a lot of practitioners that do that, right? But you can actually do it in the comfort of your own home. You can go on YouTube. You can search meditations and, and do it. Um, this is not a plug. I'm not being paid for Calm. But the Calm <laughs> app is really, really good, really because it's more guided to what you're right. going through. So they have, um, like, if you're going through a, rela- a relationship issue, they have mm. meditation center on that. Okay. So there's someone that's giving you positive affirmation while you're meditating, also speaking to you about concepts and relationships, things that will make you think and analyze uh, a little bit about your situation, like meditate on it. So it's a little bit more guided in that way. If you're having trouble at work, there's a whole seven days of like relationships with things that happen with work and like ways of looking at it. Uh, So I think that's always a good starting point. I have recommended to a few of my clients and they really do enjoy it. Cool. While we're on the topic of things, I don't want to forget to mention, this is really important, uh, to also do a gratitude journal. Yeah. That is very helpful for the following reason. Interesting. So yeah, break it down. I think that we are, and, and I think science has taught us too, that we are conditioned to look at problems because we constantly want to survive. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when we develop anxiety, it's almost like a really natural thing to do. Right. right. You're thinking about constant survival. So you're constantly scanning for problems. Mm-hmm. So what happens is that we're, that then becomes our autopilot. Yeah. Our autopilot is to always look at what the potential problem would be. Mm-hmm. And so people tend not to feel good. Right. Because now you're like super nervous and I have yeah. to do this and I have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and gratitude is a way to bring stuff back. Right. So instead of scanning for problems, you're scanning in your day to day what you're mm-hmm. grateful for. 
Okay. Like I'm grateful for being, you know, sitting here, being able to talk to you. You know, you guys prepared me a beautiful, wonderful drink. <laughs> I get to enjoy it and savor it. Like now I do the little things. But right. when I started, it was the big things. Like I am grateful that I have a job that I'm able to provide for myself, that mm -hmm. I'm not in a position that I was when I was growing up where I was going through a lot of heartache or, mm -hmm. you know, that I have a husband that I, you know, that I'm able to. So little things like that. Right. Um so what happens is that the more you do it, the more you, you start to scan the good things in your day. Right. So your mood starts to change. All Everything's tied. Your feelings are tied to the way that you think mm -hmm. and how you behave. So this is just a way to, you know, feel good on the day today. You behave a different way. That's you right. You know, you're thinking different. Absolutely you know? right. Because even though some people might think, you know, it's a, a sort of like, it is a oftenly overused uh simplified way of describing it is just they it would always be said you know you could have had it worse or it could be worse mm -hmm. you but when you're young you don't want to hear that right. you go through a whole bunch of stuff it's like don't, don't tell me that i don't want to hear that it's i'm going through i'm in the now yeah. and you it's if they are around long enough and this is another thing I want to stress is that if you're going through a stressful moment, do not plan a permanent solution mm -hmm. to a temporary problem. What that means is suicide is not an option. Right. You know, I want to, you know, a lot of people have been in that space and those that didn't get comfortable and stayed in that space know that finally realize yeah, that wasn't an option. And that was a stupid road to travel, mm -hmm. you know, because they they grow out of it. They understand that. You know, I have something better now, and yeah. I'm glad that I never took that leap and did something that, you know, you leave a whole lot of pain in your wake. Mm -hmm. right. So it is true. It could be worse. And when you get older, you see that. Unfortunately, you'll see friends and family members mm -hmm. who didn't do better for themselves for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. Could have been for whatever. I'm not really worried about getting into it. But you see how when you do better for yourself, you do better for your children, you do better for your family. And you see like, wow, how? Mm -hmm. How did I do better? And then you see those hidden strengths, those methods that your body subconsciously did to help you put one foot forward, to mm -hmm. help you not stay stagnant, to right. help you understand that, you know what, there's more to it. Whether you rely on your faith, on yourself, um, I'm going to do better. Right. And how, and what would you so on the person on the professional side, mm -hmm. you know, thank you for involving all of that. Mm -hmm. On a personal side, what 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 do you consider your strength moments? What do you mm -hmm. consider that you know, if it wasn't for this method, I either consciously or unconsciously developed mm -hmm. that strengthened my mind right. to be the help be the person that I am. You know, and it just made me stronger for it. Like, do you know? Are you conscious of those type of those type of things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, when I think when you asked me to do 
the podcast and like to talk a little bit about like my personal story, I was thinking, I'm like, what are the three or what are some like highlight moments, right? Each highlight moment for me that, that propelled this growth were moments where I also was like depressed, like in the brink of like, mm. just like going through a lot. Um, one of the moments I think that are very significant in my life was growing up, you know, go- growing up was very hard. Um, my mom was uh, super abusive, verbally and physically. Um, I didn't have like a really easy upbringing. You know, mm. my dad was very supportive, but my mom had very, this long history of trauma. Um, you know, she she dealt with some, well, I guess I can say, like there was like consensual stuff that happened to her when she was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, so she never really trusted family members, which is right. typical for people who suffer some form of sexual trauma uh, that most of the times happened by a family member, somebody close. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she never really even trusted her daughters, you know, like anything that we would do is, you know, we did it on purpose. Uh, we were out to get her. So she would attack us, Just like you the, know, the lashing out, type the lashing out. Right. And when growing up, I didn't understand that, you know, it was, it was a lot, it was a lot to grow up with. I was a very angry person. Like I'm not, a lot of people that know me in high school, they're like, you're, you're the most evolved person I know. Cause now I like sit in this place of Zen. Mm-hmm. But when I was in high school, like I was, had a really bad attitude and I was like really, really angry. Um, so much so, you know, like I, we, we're an immigrant family. We, our father always wanted us to do really good in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was something that we took pride in. So no matter what was happening, how angry I was, how much I cursed people out uh, or like, you know, was going through my turmoil, mm-hmm. I always did good in school. Right. Uh, my sister, your wife, you know, she's <laughs> overachiever. She was like a valedictorian always. And and so was my middle sister, valedictorian, valedictorian. So that's something that I really aspired to do. So you figure that's the... That's your. That was one of the your defense mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it it was, but it also created one of the most significant traumas. Okay. So that, that's what I'm getting at. That okay. you know, I um I try I I I try to achieve a lot. You mm-hmm. know, um while I was in high school, going through this these anger issues in school, and so I had actually made it where I was going to be like uh, a salutatorian of my class. Um, you know, I was one of the higher ranked students. Mm-hmm. And then I had to deal with like the principal and the assistant principal letting me know, well, you know, you did make this goal and we were going to let you do a speech. But because you have an attitude problem right. um, where I'm not going, you know, engage you in that you're not going to do that. And to me, it was like one of the biggest injustices that I right. that I've dealt with, because this whole year I'm, I'm like experiencing a lot of abuse and a lot of things. And I'm thinking like whatever, at least I have school, at least I'm doing good. And at least I'll get recognized and I'll make my dad proud, which is something that I was working for. Mm-hmm. And then they just take it away because you had an attitude problem. Granted, I had an attitude problem, but I was going through real shit. Who, no, who I used to go home. Young. I used yeah. to go to school with bruises. <laughs> nobody mm-hmm. asked me what was going on. Wow. Everybody just saw this angry kid who's intolerable, but nobody saw me as having a story. And they figure you have the problem. And they figure I have the problem, which is really what got me to be in the social work field. And mm-hmm. sometimes I understand my clients, like that person that's on the train that's like, what the fuck are you looking at? Like, <laughs> I know what you're going through. You're yeah. like, it's such a deep pain that now you just don't care you want to lash it out you want to just say it because i used to come from that place so i look at that person with a sense of compassion Mm -hmm. uh because i've been there so that's why i thought it would be great for the field you know um so i took that moment of injustice and i just kind of flipped it on his head Mm -hmm. and i said okay like i don't like how this feels i'm gonna heal and i'm gonna 
do you know I, I, there's something to to this you know right. that, that that was very significant um i went to, away to college i was able to leave the space that i was in mm-hmm. that sometimes is very important people underestimate that there's healing that can happen but sometimes you have to leave the place where you're being right. constantly triggered um, that was a, that was this feels like it was a weight yeah it was a weight lifted off i was able to then navigate the world without having to deal with like the abuse well, that that's good that's it's that whole removal of yourself in a toxic environment mm-hmm. that it stagnates somebody from actually doing for themselves right. you know that that I, I i totally get because mm-hmm. where you where you were having you know with my trauma and my issues it happened and i didn't know what it was i didn't know what was happening until i got older and i'm like oh shit this happened mm-hmm. and that totally flipped me on my head but that you know being in the hood um you know living in the south bronx and you know there is then there wasn't an option for me to go right. you know it's just push through it mm-hmm. to the point like ignore it until you can't and then how then the measure of yourself comes out with how do you deal with it right and and I kind of want to acknowledge that because I had that, right? Like I've experienced that abuse for a very long time. I got to leave, but there was a point where I was stuck. I mm. couldn't leave this abuse. How and, you felt stuck? Huh? Sorry. How do you feel? How did you feel stuck? Like stuck. Like I had to deal with, I had to work around and walk on actuals and, and, and like learn how to cope with the fact that this is where I live. This is who my mother is. She's mm. not going to change. And so I can't immediately leave. I'm 14 years old, right? Mm-hmm. So like, what can I do? Oh, prior to you going prior to, to college. Prior to gotcha. going to college. Gotcha. And, and, I, and I do this for my clients too, that sometimes are in positions where they feel stuck and can't leave. Mm-hmm. But what can we do to make the situation a little comfortable? Right. What right. I had done for myself was that I always worked. I threw, as soon as I got to 16, I threw myself into working after school.